we have Greg and Fushan White here with us, and we are so grateful to have them. They are just a wonderful, godly couple who have served for many years now in the Ukraine, and we are so grateful to hear from them today. They have three beautiful children. So I'd like to invite Greg, and I think just Greg is coming up. <laughs> Fushan says yes, just Greg. <laughs> So Greg will come up, and we're going to just enjoy the time with them and hearing about their ministry. Thank you, ladies. Well, good afternoon, uh, ladies. It's uh, my joy, privilege to be here with you all uh, today. It's uh, hard to believe that uh, basically 25 years ago, uh, the Lord sent us out uh, from Grace Community Church to the country of Ukraine and uh Earlier, I was talking with Dolores, and uh, she said, "Oh, you should, you should share with the ladies what it was like when you first arrived in Kiev, Ukraine." Um, actually, it's it's a bit embarrassing uh, to share that uh, because when we first arrived, we were in quite uh, quite a, sh- a shock uh, of where we had landed, and uh, really, the first night that we were there. We were trying to think how we could get back to the United States on the next flight. And uh, the, the main question we had was, what would we tell the elders who had just sent us out? Uh, what would we tell them why we're back? And uh, so we thought, ah, our daughter, who's two years old, uh, we can blame her. Uh, she's only two years old, uh, you know, the field isn't ready, you know, to have such a, a little kid, you know, on the field, um, which, I mean, she was fine. I mean, she didn't even know where she was, um, but it was, yeah, more of an issue with us. But uh, the Lord was very gracious uh, to us and in a really uh, quite a, a miraculous way just demonstrated his faithfulness to us. That evening we had a dinner with Dr. Provost. Many of you know Dr. Provost, just a, a wonderful, godly man. And he had basically recruited us to come to Ukraine. Uh, we had no idea what we were going to do, but we were excited uh, with him to, to be there and to serve our Lord. Um, but that evening we had dinner, and we were very, very, very tired. And after dinner, uh, we went up uh, to our rooms, and... Uh, we went to bed, and uh, about midnight, I woke straight up, sat straight up in my bed. Obviously, that was alarming to my wife, Fushan. She said, what's wrong? I said, well, my wallet with uh, our passports and all our money, which wasn't that much, uh, a couple I think it was a couple hundred dollars at the most, but all our credit cards as well uh, were in my wallet, and we need our passport and credit cards to buy a ticket to get out of here. Um <laughs> So, and I didn't know any Russian except two words, uh, da, which is yes, and yet, which is no. Um, so how in the world am I going to, you know, uh, find my wallet just knowing two words? So anyways, I went downstairs uh, to where the restaurant um, is, and um, there was a, a guard sitting by the, the door. The restaurant had already closed. There was a lady cleaning up. So I did one of these. And, uh, and he, he nodded his head. He knew exactly what, uh, what had happened. And he went over and he talked to the lady and he comes walking over and he gives me my wallet. And I'm thinking, Lord, Lord, please, just our passports and credit cards. That's all we need to get out of here. They can have the money. Um, well, I open my wallet and everything is there, including the money, which at that time for that cleaning lady, if she took our money was probably about a year's worth of wages for her. Um, so the Lord just, you know, really 
clearly communicated to us that um, everything is okay. God's in control. Greg, you've trusted me for your salvation. Uh, just trust me now uh, where I have you here uh, in Ukraine. And um, so the Lord was, was very gracious to us and very kind and, and loving to us. Uh, and uh, as I just mentioned, 25 years, it's, it's been a, a tremendous, uh, uh, tremendous privilege to serve our Lord there in Ukraine. And he has been faithful to us time and time again. Well, up here is, is our family. Uh, my daughter, Carissa, uh, she's married to a Jamaican, so we're, we have quite a, quite a uh, diversity in our family uh, of different ethnic groups. But um, they're married. They've been married for a few years now. She uh, has graduated from the master's, was then college, now university. She uh, teaches uh, mathematics and chemistry. I don't know where she got all the brain power to do that. Uh, surely not from me. But uh, she's doing that. She's, she loves that. Uh, matter of fact, the, the Lord opened up the door where she could teach at a Catholic school. Um, she wanted to go into teaching because she wanted to share uh, the gospel with, with young people. And uh, public school, as you know, that's pretty hard to do nowadays. But at the Catholic school, they're wide open to have an evangelical teacher uh, be there. So uh, she uh, has opportunity to, to share her faith there with the, uh, with the young people there. Uh, then uh, next to me is Joseph. He's our youngest uh, son. He's uh, at Masters University. He's studying in the area of physical therapy as well, works in that area. And then uh, our, our son next to Fushan is James, and he as well is at the Masters University. He's uh, uh, pre-med. He would like to be uh, a surgeon someday. So uh, if you could keep them in your prayers, uh, we would appreciate that. Uh, as I mentioned, we were sent out about 25 years ago to the country of um, Ukraine, and um, as you can see, kind of up there, kind of towards the top in the middle is Kiev. That's where we live. The city is about um, about three, four million people, so uh, it's a pretty big, yeah, pretty large city. Uh, we went out in 1992, and uh, as you know, it's 2017 now, so yeah, just about... Uh, 25 years. If you look uh, kind of on, on the right side is uh, kind of the areas where you might have heard in the news where uh, there is a war going on, and uh, basically uh, they want to continue on from Mariupol down towards Crimea because they want uh, a land bridge uh, to Crimea, and that's where uh, Russia has their uh, uh, fleet of, of ships and stuff like that. So they want to continue, I think, uh, on down there. So the war continues, actually. You might not hear much of, about it in the news, but the, the war is still going on. It started back in uh, April of 2014, and uh, there's almost 10,000 people have died in that time period, uh, about 20 3,000 people have been wounded, and close to 2 million people have dis been displaced. Um, as we look at the, at the dead uh, people, it's, uh, it's very sad. And even uh, sadder, I think, is about two-thirds are civilians. Uh, usually you would think the military, you know, would be, the higher number would would be with the military, but not in this case because there's been indiscriminate uh, bombings and rockets and all that kind of stuff that have gone into 
um, apartment buildings, into hospitals, into schools, etc. So um, it's a, a difficult situation, especially for the people who are in the south and uh, east part of Ukraine, as well as uh, many, uh, close to two million, have been displaced. Uh, we have uh, some people in our church who have been displaced uh, because of that. Uh, they really don't have a home to go back to because it's been uh, it's been destroyed. So uh, please be in prayer as well for uh, the Ukrainian people who have to deal with a, a war and uh, a failing economy. Uh, even parts of this area, uh, they don't have uh, heating and water, even though the temperatures are below freezing. So it makes it very, very difficult for, uh, for many of them to uh, even uh, have the basics of, of life. We uh, have quite a few students. About uh, a third of our students come from this area. So I encourage you to pray for them because they have to go through an internal border. So there's not just the border of Ukraine, but there's an internal border as well. And it uh, takes them longer time to get to, uh, to the seminary for their studies, as well as it can be dangerous as they wait on this border uh, to, to be able to come to the seminary to study. As I mentioned before, uh, we weren't really quite sure what we were going to do uh, when we went to Ukraine. As the Lord would have it, uh, he wanted us to be a part of European Biblical Seminary, which uh, started in uh, 1991 with uh, the uh, Master's Seminary faculty, actually uh, three of the professors going to uh, actually start the seminary. Uh, so we, we have a pretty close tie uh, with, the, with, the semina- with the seminary there. It's uh, just celebrated its 25th year anniversary last year. Uh, currently, we have about 400 students. And we have over 2,000 uh, graduates, and uh, we praise the Lord for what He is, what He has done, and what He is doing uh, in and through European Biblical Seminary. We have uh, different programs, uh, as uh, mentioned. We have 400 students in different areas. One is in the area of Christian education during the time communist times. Some of the most persecuted people were those who worked with children um, in Sunday school, uh, were arrested and sent to uh, concentration camps, basically. So there was a great need to train people to work with, with kids. So we have uh, programs that help them um, develop Sunday school materials. As well, in Ukraine, they're able to go into the public school system and teach Christian ethics so that's a, a tremendous opportunity for uh, our graduates to be able to go into the school uh, situation and be able to, to present the gospel and as well Christian uh, ethics to these young people. As well, uh, we have, uh, in a sense, a, a program that is specifically focused on reaching out to the deaf people. About 2% of the population of Ukraine are deaf. That's twice the normal for most for most countries. That's twice the the, the average. And they, uh, we teach them how to be able to do uh, sign language translation work for churches, as well as uh, different training materials. And currently, we're working on a uh, a dictionary that has the the signs for biblical uh, special biblical words and theological words because they they really never had anything like that before so there wasn't 
often ways for them to clearly communicate biblical and theological truth. So we're working on this dictionary uh, to be able to, in a sense, standardize uh, biblical and theological uh, words for uh, those in the deaf community. As well, uh, we have uh, a department that works with uh, musicians to get them to the point where they're able to, to lead like Sunday, ma- Sunday morning worship. And uh, we also as well have the pastoral ministry uh, groups. We have uh, kind of a broad level group, which is a diploma level as well as bachelor level. And the interesting thing, at least in, in our school, is you have to be in full-time ministry in order to apply uh, to our seminary. So it's not just those who think they want to be a pastor or, you know, don't have anything else to do but go to school. Uh, no, they have to be in full-time ministry in their church. The pastor has to recommend them to come, and as well they have to have tests, biblical knowledge test, theological knowledge, and as well they uh, preach a message uh, before they're even accepted into the seminary. So we know, in a sense, kind of the level uh, a student that we have before he even comes to the seminary. As well, the Lord has opened uh, the doors uh, for us to be able to have a Master's of Divinity program. And these would be uh, men who have completed their bachelor's program are invited, basically, onto the master's level program. This is basically the highest training, uh, biblical and theological training, that uh, can be received in the country of Ukraine because we teach the biblical languages. We teach Hebrew and we teach Greek and how to use those in preparation uh, of their messages. There are obviously other seminaries and schools in the country, but none of them uh, so far really teach the biblical languages, so that makes our program unique. And as well, we uh, have a a Master's of Theology program that's under EBTC, or European Bible Training Center, which is actually uh, located in Berlin, Germany. And that program is is basically kind of European-wide. But this program is, is special in the sense that it's men who are going to be teaching in the seminaries, uh, in a sense that the men that are going to take our place uh, in the years to come. So we they need a higher uh, level of training. So by God's grace, we've been able to develop this program as well. As well uh, as working and teaching at European Biblical Seminary. As well, I work alongside Christian Andresen. Some of you probably know him at uh, the European Bible Training Center. I help him with his master-level programs that uh, they have. And uh, you can be praying for for us. This uh, August, we'll be starting a Masters of Divinity program for Europe. And uh, it will be in um, kind of association with the Master's Seminary. And... uh, it, uh, the whole program is designed to be able to reach out and um, provide conservative theological training in Europe. Uh, Europe is pretty much a wasteland uh, as far as theological education goes. There really isn't a conservative uh, uh, seminary, at least that I know of, uh, where a man can go and uh, be trained uh to preach and teach God's word and and still believe in the inspiration and inerrancy 
of God's Word. Most all the other seminaries, as far as I know, all of them would not believe in uh, inspiration or, or inerrancy as, as we would. So the Lord has opened the doors for us to be able to do this, and uh, by God's grace, we, we hope to be able to do that uh, this coming uh, August. So that, in a sense, is one part of our ministry, uh, working in the area of theological uh, education. The next is in the, in the church. Uh, Grace Bible Church is the church that we're in currently. Our first church was, uh, was Revival Church, and we were able to, to help uh, Pastor uh, Yaroslav Machinsky uh, start a church and uh, get that started. Uh, Fushan worked with uh, the women and raised the, discipled the, the women there, he, uh, the pastor's wife and the deacon's wife, to a place where they were able to take over women's ministry. So in a sense, we, we came to a place uh, in our ministry there at Revival Church where we believed we could be sent out with two other couples. And uh, so uh, Revival Church uh, sent us out, in a sense, with two other couples to start a church in a different part of Kiev, this part of Kiev has uh, about 600,000 people living in this particular area and really has no evangelical witness or church uh, in this area. So we were sent out there to, to start a church there, and this is uh, a group of uh, people in our church here. What we like to do uh, in the summer is uh, reach out to young people in a kid's home. It's a home for abused and abandoned kids. Uh, we're able to go in there. Uh, the Lord has just really opened that, that door wide open for us to be able to go in there and help um, these young people to think about eternal things, to think about God, to think about where they are in life and really the, the true answers that they need uh, for their life. So uh, it's... Uh, has some challenges because they have kids anywhere from about, I think, about four or five years old all the way up to 17 years old. So there's quite a range, uh, group of kids there, but uh, it sometimes just tears your heart apart to, to see what uh, young people have already gone through in their, in their life. Uh, parents have abused them or some family members or their parents are, are dead and they have nobody to, a family member to go to. Um, so just some, some horrible situations that some of these young people are going through. But uh, we thank the Lord that we have the opportunity to be, to be able to go into uh, this home and be able to minister to them. If you come on a summer team from Grace Community Church, this is one of the areas uh, where you'd be able to minister. Uh, is uh, ministering to these young people uh, at their uh, at their home. Another area that uh, we've really had uh, a lot of success in, or the Lord has brought uh, people to Himself through, is uh, our softball outreach, and uh, we do that as well once the once the weather gets warm enough where we, you can play uh, softball out uh, outdoors. That's what we do, and uh, as well, we do it on Sunday afternoons just to reach out to the young people in, in the community. We're able to uh, uh, play softball, develop relationships. We share our testimonies with them, and as well, when we have our softball camps, we're able to break up into smaller groups, get to know them better, and to actually uh, ask them questions and uh, share the gospel with these young people. And we've had a number of people come to Christ and come to our church as well uh, because of uh, this uh, softball outreach. For a long, uh, for a long time, for about uh, 15 years or so, 
our church met in a in a library in a public library, and then uh, I think we were getting a little too complacent, maybe uh, meeting there. So the Lord uh, shut that door. Basically, there was a change in uh, administration, and the new administrator said uh, basically she doesn't like Christians, evangelical Christians, and uh, you can no longer meet in this library. So we were kicked out within two weeks. <laughs> A notice, and uh, but the Lord had something for us, and uh, what the Lord had for us was this building here, and uh, it was unbelievable just how the Lord uh, provided the the funds for this building, and uh, it was basically built to a point uh, to where now uh, we were able to buy it and now finish it. Uh, the way that we want it. So we really don't have to tear down a bunch of stuff and move a bunch of stuff around. The Lord just kind of got it built to, to the place where we kind of need it, and now we can come in and finish it off the way um, that we believe the Lord wants us uh, to have it. Uh, <clears throat> picture up up here is on the second floor, and that'll be our, our main worship hall. So um, we figure we can sit probably about 120 people uh, there. So uh, it was just amazing how the Lord uh, provided uh, this building for us. And it has even one, one kind of little room that was uh, uh, completed enough where we can meet uh, as a church. So we all pack in there. It's, uh, let's see, minus 10 Celsius would be somewhere about 5 to 0 Fahrenheit, you know, outside outside, but, you know, we turn on these little heaters, you know, and we go in there, and after about a half hour of everybody crammed in there and these little heaters on, it's warm enough, we turn off the little heaters, and uh, it's warm enough for us to meet and worship our Lord. Uh, so we really thank the Lord for uh, for his provisions for us. Just a few things, be, um, prayer requests before I open it up for questions as well, completing the building. Grace Bible Church, just uh, that you would pray for the, for that, and the Lord, that we would discern the Lord's wisdom in all of that, and that we would uh, complete the building as He would desire us to do that. As well, we're gearing up uh, for our summer camps, for the outreaches. Uh, we have a summer team. We'll be meeting probably with that team while we're back uh, this time, and as well, just uh, all the kind of things, the details that we need to do uh, in order to be ready for uh, for the uh, team when they come in uh, in June. As well, for the students at IBS, as I mentioned, we have about 400 students. Um, 300 of those students would be in the pastoral area of our program. About 100 of them would be in the Christian ed part uh, of our program there at, at Irpin Biblical Seminary. And just be praying for them. We'll have about 100 students who will be uh, graduating this year. But I think especially pray for those who live in the southeast part who sometimes uh, takes them, could take them 24 plus hours just to come to the seminary to study. And as I mentioned earlier, at, at times there is uh, some danger when they have to kind of cross that internal border. Um, there's bandits, people that take advantage of, you know, people that are there waiting to go across. So, uh, and many of them are some ladies who are coming to the seminary for the Christian ed part to be trained as, as Sunday school teachers. So I just ask that you'd keep them in prayer as they would travel to the seminary. As well, the, uh, the new Masters of Divinity program that uh, will be uh, starting this August, that's kind of European-wide, 
and uh, just uh, that we'd have a smooth uh, start for that. Right now we're taking applications as well, that the Lord would give us wisdom as we go over these applications and that the right men would be accepted into the, into the program. And then as well, our THM program, we have seven students in that program right now. Um, four of them are faculty members at IBS, at European Biblical Seminary. Uh, so I just ask that you pray for them because they're teaching full-time at a lower level. Uh, they're in full-time ministry. They have, uh, you know, families. I think all of them have four kids or more, I think. Um, so they just got, they have a lot uh, that they're doing as well as now a Master's of Theology. They have one more class and then they have to write their thesis. So, so they're very, very busy. So, so thank you. Um, and we can open it up for some questions. If you have some questions, I'd love to answer those questions. Or maybe you have questions for Fushan. What it's like to be a, a woman to, to go into, uh, it's interesting. When I first went there, when we first arrived, it was like a, uh, back, it was like, what do you call it? Like back to, not the future, but back to the past. Um, I was there and I was like looking around at just how people were dressed and the cars and the buildings. I was like, wow, this was just probably like how my mom grew up. Um, it looked, yeah, very much like early 40s. Um, so, but anyways, yes. Carissa lives in Santa Clarita. Um, the Lord, by uh, his grace, uh, provided some money so we were able to buy a condominium up there. And uh, so she lives there, and now our two boys as well live th- there. So the kids all get to live together, and then uh, mom and dad get shipped off to, to Ukraine. So, so yeah. Okay, at European Biblical Seminary, um, our classes are taught in Russian because that's the general, still kind of the general language of Ukraine. Uh, the MDiv that I just mentioned, the one that's the new MDiv program, that is European-wide, so that will be in English. So, uh, yeah, there's no way we could translate for each student into his own language, so it'll be in English, as well as the professors coming in. Most of them will be from the United States, so they would be teaching in English, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Europeans, it's incredible. They, they know English pretty well. It's pretty incredible, actually, yeah. Yes? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Not really. Not really. Uh, It's mainly uh, I go and teach as well as in the past they had a Russian language track for a while. So we'd sent some of our graduates to teach in their program, but um, now pretty much the young people know German, so they're able to, to receive their instruction in German, but at first it was hard, a lot of immigration going on, and they just didn't know the, the vocabulary to be able to study in German, so we were able, praise God, to, to send teachers and be able to yeah, teach in Russian. The, um, like I mentioned, I think in the, in the chapel, yeah, the largest churches in Europe are Russian-speaking uh, churches, yeah. So it's it's amazing how God has been able to use now our graduates 
uh, in different places. Um, another place that we're praying about is in Italy. There's there's a large group actually of Russian speaking people in Italy that are asking for our help uh, to train uh, pastors and leaders in the churches there in Russian speaking churches. Yeah. Um, I usually try to keep it just Monday through Friday, so I'm back uh, for the weekend for for our church and, and things like that. So, yeah. Yes. 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 Thank you for bringing that up. Yes, Brian Kinzel. Brian Kinzel and I actually, as far as ministry go, way back, even when we were in seminary here, we were in the same Bible study. He was a co-shepherd of a Bible study that that we both were in. So yeah, it's really neat. And then we we went to to Ukraine. Uh, with the Kinzels and the Alvards, some of you might know them. And then just recently, about a year or so ago, uh, the Kinzels transitioned to Israel, and we have sent some of our our faculty to Israel to help them, because uh, Brian is mm, kind of helping lead uh, in uh, in a college, in a Bible college there, a Russian speaking track. Basically, the same same kind of thing. A lot of immigrants have gone to Israel. They don't know Hebrew well enough to be able to receive, you know, biblical theological training in Hebrew. So we're able to provide that in Russian for them. So yeah, it's a great blessing, incredible. Yes. Yes, uh, we would call it probably malpractice. Uh, doctors just misdiagnosing or not using uh, drugs um, properly, or sometimes they don't explain it clearly enough to the parents so maybe they you know the child has an ear infection so they you know take antibiotics for three days seems like it's better so they stop taking the antibiotics well the infection as we we know can commute mutate and even be worse so most of it is is from that yeah it's uh, yeah sad yes. yes Um, they're open to what the Lord would have for them. Our youngest son, Joseph, um, just really loves Ukraine and Ukrainian people. Not that Carissa and James don't. I mean, they do. And some of their closest, I would say probably their closest friends are Ukrainian. Um, but Joseph just has a real special love for Ukraine. And I would not be surprised if he goes back. Uh, Ukraine, they don't really do physical therapy. They, you know, they do operations and stuff like that, but they really don't have, um, per se, a, a system for getting people. You know, the doctor just kind of writes out, you know, what you should do, and hey, you're on your own. So I think he, he kind of has a burden maybe for that. Once he gets, you know, trained and stuff like that, maybe he would go back and do that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, you could pray for him about that. Okay, last one. Yeah. Her ministry now. Uh, she. Uh, she disciples and teaches uh, the leadership ladies in our church, and she has a special group of grandmas that uh, she meets with as well and uh, teaches them, and she says uh, they're the best students uh, ever. Uh, they're a group of real sweet ladies. And uh, since, our, since our church did not have a church building, 
we would have our church basically over to our um, our house, and she would feed them and, and care for them, yeah, hospitality. And then obviously we have guest professors, so a lot of hospitality uh, ministry as well, and teaching from time to time, the ladies, stuff like that. So, yeah, and obviously raising our kids, homeschooling. So, yeah, she's really busy. <laughs> I think it's just a great privilege to be able to use our gifts um, in the church, and that one area is hospitality. Our home is probably one of the bigger homes than everyone else, and we, we just live there. So in the other homes, they have multiple families in their apartments, so they can't always invite the whole church there. So um, every Sunday, the church comes over, and we have lunch, and all the ladies know where everything is, so we just all do it together and, um, and be able to have choir practice. The brothers have their meetings. The sisters have their meetings. And, and um, what we've done is that the I've taken the ladies, the, our um, leadership ladies, and then every month we meet, and then they have... Um, taking all the other women of the church and are discipling them. And then once a month after communion, we have a um, women's group like you all, and it's in my kitchen usually. And we go through um, different books and being able to be challenged by God's word and being convicted by our sins and helping each other to grow and be able to learn and, and to glorify God together. I mean, that's the greatest joy in anyone's lives and I my grandmothers we meet twice a month we go through um all different kind of we went through FOF last year this year we're going through 30 days in understanding God's word by Max Sanders and just being able to refresh and understand the things that we've forgotten and being able to um work through all that and they just it's just a incredible joy my grandmothers, they are from the ages of 50 to 78. And I think the main thing is, is that they're together. We're able to help each other and to support each other. Because, you know, you go through all these physical pains, and you'd rather just stay at home instead of going to church. You know, we don't have, they don't have cars. So, you know, you're going, and it, it's all ice outside, and it's hard to walk to church. So if you have a headache... Your blood pressure is up high or blood pressure is real low, you know, and you have a headache. You know, it's so much easier just to stay home. But we're able to help each other and go, you know, what's most more important is doing what God would want you to do and to be able to come together and to worship God together, to study God's word together and be able to share our struggles together and to be able to encourage each other and to um, keep growing and change and get rid of those habits that are not glorifying to God, you know, those habits. So anyways, um, th- those are great blessings for me. And so my the people at our church are a great joy and just having our home open all the time for the young people. You know, Sundays there we have lunch and all the meetings and the youth don't want to go home. So <laughs> cook again. 
Я тебя люблю. Очень-очень скучаю за вами. И я думаю и благодарю вам за все, что вы постоянно делаете нам. И я очень-очень благодарна за все. Хорошо? Oh, you guys probably know those. Um, the cabbage rolls that have meat and rice inside, stuffed cabbage rolls. I'm making them tonight if you'd like to come over. And um, you do a lot of things with potatoes. So, like, for example, tonight we have you have the leftover mashed potatoes and then um, get it into, like, a flour thing, you know. And then if you have cabbage or sauerkraut, You fry, the, fry that up with onions, and you stuff it into the potatoes, and then put them together, like into a patty, like a stuffed patty with potatoes, and you fry them. And then we do a lot of, with beets, a lot of beet salads, you know, and a lot of fish. They love fish. But another thing that's very popular right now is sushi. We don't have all the products for sushi, but um, the ladies have all learned how to do sushi, but Korean style, mind you, it's my... And... Um, <laughs> A lot of cabbage, a lot of cabbage. We, a lot of pork, so we steam pork. But normally, you know, Ukrainian families don't have a lot of money to buy pork meat, but on special occasions, and borscht, of course, borscht. You guys know the beet soup. Um, we have that often. But then they love um, making pizza. We make pizza and, I mean, everything. But we just... Do everything by scratch. We don't, you know. So it takes more time, but it's yummy. <laughs> oh, of course. You know what? My husband's actually Mexican inside, and so he he loves he loves you know tortillas and stuff. But they don't have those there. But I've learned how to make it all. Yeah, and the ladies have all learned how to make you know your tortillas and taquitos and all that kind of stuff. So we yeah we make that every every week, and that's like special for our leaders when we have our meetings together. I'll make um, you know, yes yes, you know tortillas and and then fajitas and all that kind of stuff. Yes, um, March. 18th, we go home. Yes, Dolores. Traditions. Um, we have holidays that we always um, take part in. That's a big thing. Your birthday is the biggest holiday, so you give yourself your own birthday party. And um, you make this major meal, and it's a major dessert meal, too. You do not bring just one dessert. You have at least three different desserts, and with fruit. It's a whole spread. So we have that, traditionally we do that. Um, we take advantage of every holiday um, and have women's conference of us March 8th, uh, Women's Day. And that's like a big day. We have a conference for that. And we do crafts. I try and do crafts with them also. And um, in a teaching time. And so this year we're doing about God's glory, how to give God um, glory in that. Um, traditionally, we always take off our shoes before, when we go into someone's home, 
um, that I know in Asian culture, but them also before because of Chernobyl, they didn't want to bring in the um, dirt from the outside into the home. They're very clean. They try to be very clean for what they have. Um, we we whenever we greet each other, we always greet them with a kiss. Um, the sisters and sisters. And then um, we always shake. We always greet with the brothers with a handshake in church. Um, what else? It just seems all normal to me. <laughs> you know, we all, you know, tea, coffee is very special for us. Coffee is like, you know, really special. We never, we didn't have that long time ago, you know. But now we have coffee. So when we have tea and coffee, we always have something with that. I don't know if you guys do that still here, tea and something, you know. Um, Christmas. Oh, our Christmas. We celebrate Christmas twice, December 25th and January 7th. But on January 7th is really our Christmas time. And it's not with gifts. They do our Christmas on January um, 31st of December, New Year's. They didn't want that to be Christ-centered, so they just made it a big holiday for But they do the same thing. They have their um, Christmas tree, New Year's tree, you know, and the gifts and all that kind of stuff. But on Christmas Day, on January 7th, we love, we just go out and carol and tell people about the Lord and, and share the gospel. It's like the most wonderful, I mean... It's just amazing. We just really, really, really love that. And tradition, I mean, just being able to share your life and about who Jesus is with everyone that you get in contact with. And I just loved it how Lisa said it's just part of your life, you know, whoever you get in contact with. You know, it all automatically goes into who Christ is and what he's done for us. So it's like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, and I just want to say thank you so much for, I know the last time we were here and just sharing about how the kids are all gone and, and the Lord's been really gracious that it's, it you know, most of the time it's, it's okay, you know. <laughs> and so because of the fact of just, just being able to do what God um, desires for us to do every day in the church there and just the privilege of that. So I'm really, really thankful. Thank you for praying for us. Well, I'm sure there's lots more traditions and recipes if you want to come up afterwards. You can take notes also. All right, so let's pray, ladies. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are so grateful to hear of the wonder of your work, Lord, as you have used the whites in Ukraine, God. We praise you for these 25 years and how you sovereignly planned for the seminary to open and for the Alverds and the Kinzels and the whites to go and to... Start that ministry, Lord, as they were teachers and testimonies and living examples of men who have been trained in your word and families who love your word and who serve you, God. We thank you for the many ways that you have used their family, Lord, for the safety and protection, for the provision that you have always given them, God. Lord, we want to pray especially for Grace Bible Church, Lord, as um, they have planted that recently. And we're so thankful for the provision of the building, Lord. What a wonderful God you are to, again, in all your sovereign plans, to provide perfectly for their needs and to teach them to rely on you and depend on you, God. We do pray that you would strengthen the church, that you would grow the leaders in the church to be um, living testimonies of Christ-like love, that they would grow in unity and discernment, Lord, of your word, and that they would be a light, Father, in that area of Kiev, a beacon, Lord, to the lost and dying souls. We do pray that you would bring in the rest of the 
um, money, Lord, and finish the building so that they can uh, use it for your honor and glory there. We also want to pray for the seminary, the European Bible Seminary, that you would continue to bless that, Father. We thank you so much for the many nationals, Lord, who are now teaching and training others as you have grown that ministry. We pray for the new program starting up. We pray that you would be, Father, just glorified and honored through that, that you would bring exactly the right men, Father, to be trained, that their families would be supportive and willing and ready to sacrifice the time that they need for their husbands and their fathers to be serving and learning and trained, God. And we do pray that you would grow these men, not just in knowledge, Father, but that their hearts would be longing and loving you, Father, that they would live like Christ, Lord, and that you would use them mightily across Kiev, Lord, across Ukraine, but, Father, across Europe, across all the places where there are so many Russian speakers everywhere, Lord. We trust you for expanding your kingdom, Lord, and we're so grateful that we get to not only see it through our missionaries, but, Lord, that you have called us each to participate in that. And we do pray that you would help us to be faithful, and we ask that you would continue to bless our work, Lord, this week, that you would bless the Shepherds Conference coming up, and that you would all bring us back safely on March 8th together again, Lord, in your son's precious name. Amen.